0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What does Auburn's newest wide receiver Robert Lewis bring to the 2024 roster? You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn
0: Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every single Monday, it's Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com and a million other places. Sunday, Auburn finally added their first member of this transfer portal class. Lindsey Robert Lewis, the standout wide receiver from Georgia State. Very good with the ball in his hands. 70 catches a year ago. There's a lot to like about Robert Lewis the athlete and Robert Lewis the leader as Auburn adds him to this roster moving
0: forward. This is a little bit of a joke. Did Auburn's entire wide receiver room have 70 catches in 2023? Like, I don't actually know that's true.
1: Uh, they had 89. I added that up before uh before we started because I I I thought it would be close.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's surprisingly close. No, uh, from from watching a little bit of Georgia State, not a ton, mind you, but uh, somebody, like you said, seemed to be really good with the ball in his hands, seemed to be really good close to the line of scrimmage, and so you're bringing in a veteran who is reliable, can make the catches he needs to make, and the hope is, obviously, he's coming in now, so you have time as a slot guy, you're inherently you're closer to the line of scrimmage, you're closer to the quarterback, you're going to be one of those safety valves, and so... I like the idea of bringing in a veteran to go here in the slot, Uh, give Peyton Thorne a weapon that should have reliable hands and somebody that can, if we just throw it short, can hopefully get a little bit of that yard after the catch and and make something more than just the couple yards he got on the route.
1: Yeah, and we're all assuming he's going to be a slot receiver at Auburn. He did that some at Georgia State this past season, but he lived on the outside a lot more. He's listed at 5'11", 185, he played 780 snaps for Georgia State a year ago. Of those 611 were out wide, just 141 of them were at the slot. And he played at both sides of the field in in the slot there. But 141 out of those 780 total snaps. And that's what Auburn expects him to be. He was thrown to 103 times. He caught 70 of them, which is 68%. And we we made the joke that Auburn had only 89 receptions go to wide receivers, Lindsey. But to me, this is a guy when there's a lot of flux in this wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. I think Robert Lewis can bring this group together as a leader, especially when there's questions on what's going to happen to Javarius Johnson, what's going to happen with Jay Fair until we see official announcements from those guys. The emphasis and the focus is going to be on Caleb Burton, and then the slew of true freshman wide receivers that we're expecting to be on campus over the next few months. And Robert Lewis is an established guy. Everything that's said about Robert Lewis seems positive. Can he be a leader in this room
0: in 2024? And I think he can be. You touched on something big there, too, with all of the young receivers we're bringing on campus. We know how good these incoming guys are. Uh, There is a transition period from high school to college and then especially into the sec. And Mm -hmm. yes, he is transitioning into the sec at the same time these guys are, but he's done it at the college level for multiple years. And so there's little nuances. Every time you move up in competition level, there's little nuances about routes or releases or coverages or things like that, that you just kind of have to go through and learn and having a veteran in the room. And you've got, Guys who are upperclassmen, but having a veteran who's successfully done it in the Division One level, I think really helps as far as teaching those young guys and helping them, especially if they can go through spring with him, being better earlier in their careers. Because I think one of the big complaints we had this season was all of the guys that weren't here that early and, and just how much trouble you had getting guys integrated into the offense early. That's why the Cal game was so ugly and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so bringing him in, getting him in in spring and getting him with all these younger receivers, it can't be a bad thing, right? Like he's he's not going to have gone this far in his career with bad habits. He's going to be a good, uh, good habits, good traits, good leader. And so this is this feels like one of the best options you could have done as far as wide receivers available in the portal to bring in to help set this room, not only for 24, but kind of for 25 and 26 too. Sure, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And there was a mutual connection as soon as he went into the portal.
1: Charlie Five and I talked about this last week. We both said if we had to pick one of the first few guys that could be an early commit to Auburn in this portal window, we both said Robert Lewis would be one of them. 45 of his targets last year came within nine yards down the field. So not behind the line of scrimmage, but between the line of scrimmage and nine yards down the field. And he caught 86.7% of those. And it was 8.7 yards per catch. And to me, that's what you kind of look at for a slot receiver, a guy Mm who can find that that space to then maybe get an extra three or four yards, make something out of nothing after he catches the football. And to me, that kind of sounds similar to Javarius Johnson. If JVJ is going to leave, I think this guy is how you replace him on the roster. I think Caleb Burton is still probably your starting slot, but I think Robert Lewis has a role at that slot position. I think it's going to be both of those guys kind of working hand-in-hand, kind of like how we saw Jay Fair and JVJ when JVJ was healthy, working together at the start of this past season. That's just kind of where I'm guessing. That's
0: where I'm shooting from the hip here on this. Yeah, and the thing that I kind of want to look for is is how – like we've mentioned how good he does uh, with the ball in his hands getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage it feels like that was something that jvj did quite a bit and so i wish know, he could, did it more i wish yeah. he would have done it more yeah and and so seeing how robert lewis does in those scenarios you know doing that and then can we what what's going to be different like, this is my question to you i guess what's going to be different here than when you brought on a Shane Hooks, a Jair Shorter, and how those guys didn't necessarily, I guess, translate as quickly or at all like we thought they would. Is yeah. it the fact he's going to be here for spring? Like like what what makes this, you think, different from the Hooks and the Shorter and even the Nick Martiner? Yeah, and I guess the
1: short answer is we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be different. I do think the pieces around the guys that are going to be coming in, they already know what to expect with you freeze. Mm-hmm. I also would say Robert Lewis is a better wide receiver than Nick Mardner, Shane hooks and Jair shorter. I think he's done it at, a, a at a more consistent level, maybe not as high of a level of competition because Nick Mardner's path. But I think, uh, I think Shane hooks had great numbers, but the level of competition was, was a little worse, I think than what Robert mm-hmm. Lewis plays. Um, so, I think that's some of it. And look, Robert Lewis was was given some love by, uh, by the Bolitnikoff watch list a year ago. I mean, this is a guy that was expected to succeed a year ago, and he did. And he did. And so can he do that at Auburn? Um, of those three guys that you mentioned, Mardner, Hooks, and Shorter, Mardner did go through spring a year ago, and we saw him pretty consistently, both in the fall as well, Lining up with the ones, and then it just never happened. I think they, I think they gave him every chance to do it. Can Robert Lewis do that? Can Robert Lewis come in and take snaps away from some of these other guys that have been here? If Aj Fair stays, can he beat out a Caleb Burton? I'm not ready to say that he's going to be like this surefire thing because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let, let's just call a spade a spade. Like he did it at Georgia State, can he do it in the SEC? I'm not quite ready to answer that question yet, Lindsay. I want to look at some more data, but I do think I do think his odds of transitioning from the group of five level to the SEC level is higher than those previous three guys. But I don't think I don't think Robert Lewis is gonna be the focal point of Auburn's offense like I
0: originally thought Shane Hooks would be. Just for fun, I pulled up uh, what he did this season. He went to LSU November 18th, nine catches for 59 yards. I would take that in a heartbeat at LSU. Yeah. Yeah. And then against Charlotte had a 220 yard game with two touchdowns. Now 97 what? yard pass in there, but I don't think right. Auburn's passing game hit 220 in any game this season.
1: Um. Well, they certainly didn't have a 90 plus yard touchdown catch. That, no. that, that's, that's for sure. So the explosiveness is there. Um, I don't know if that's how he's necessarily going to be used at Auburn, but we'll see. The fact that it's there is uh, is certainly something. And also, just the fact that we're able to have these conversations now, we're going to have it about the offensive line in a second, where it's like, okay, well, it could be Robert Lewis. It could be if Jay Fair comes back. It could be Caleb Burton. You could put Rivaldo Fairweather in the slot more if they want to do more of that like they did over the course of the season. You're all of a sudden having these these conversations about competition. And you weren't really having that a year ago. And I think that signs that the roster is getting better. Mm-hmm. The roster strategy for Hugh Freeze, I think is interesting. And there are some scholarship numbers to discuss. And we'll do that in just a moment, right here unlocked on, on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's the only sports book that you need right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That is $150 bucks if your team wins. Hey, Auburn, a two and a half point favorite in the Music City Bowl over Maryland. I think you should take it. Take Auburn outright. And if you win, you get an extra 150 bucks if you bet that money line. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off your sports winnings. FanDuel, they're the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: Lindsey Crosby, our guest every single Monday. So the word is, the assumption is that Hugh Freeze went into the transfer portal window wanting to add two receivers and two offensive linemen both an outside version of each of those and an inside version of each of those. So we're assuming Robert Lewis is the slot receiver. Now it's like, okay, well, who could the outside wide receiver be? And I think that's an interesting conversation to have, but I do want to pivot to the offensive line because Auburn has already hosted several off or a few offensive linemen over the course of the past week bedford from indiana sounds like he had a very good visit he's good he's a candidate to be one of those interior offensive linemen also mac pounders a guy that i'm very very high on the former memphis offensive tackle i think he would be Auburn's starting offensive tackle if he came here then it creates an interesting situation with dylan wade because i think auburn the best case for Auburn's offensive line next year is Dylan White plays guard, which mm-hmm. would be great. You always want to see tackle scoot inside, not the other way around, which is what we saw with Gunnar Britain a year ago. And then the, and the interior offensive lineman could be Bedford or it could be a Jerquan Scott who played at Southern Miss a year ago. It sounds like he's kind of really leaning towards Auburn. In fact, little concerned at how early we're recording this, Lindsay, Just to be <laughs> honest, <laughs> just to be honest, because I think Jaquan Scott
0: is uh, is an Auburn lean big time as well. Yeah, and and this is something where like like you said, one you want a guy to kick in and not out. But I think the biggest takeaway here, and we had it with wide receivers as well, is you're not just looking for bodies. Auburn's in a position where you're much better as far as depth is concerned versus where you were last portal period. And yes. you can be a little bit more selective and so like you named three guys and it feels like last year auburn would have taken all three and this time you can probably be a little bit more selective and you can say we want an interior guy and an exterior guy and i'm not gonna say pit them against one another but kind of make it understood we're only taking two we only need to take two. Oh, i would
1: dude i would tell like let's say you're in a you're in a situation where you're comfortable taking bedford or Scott to be the that interior offensive lineman to fill mm-hmm. that void. I would tell them both, offer's there for both of y'all. Here's the NIL package. Let me know. First one who calls, it's done. That I would totally, totally
0: do that if they're somewhat close as far as evaluations go. Yeah. And that can that can definitely also, I'm not gonna say save you some NIL money, but that that definitely helps. You're not having to convince a guy. You're just kind of saying, hey, we want you, here's the offer we've got other options. If you say no and l- let the first guy take it, that takes it. It's kind of like when the, the, the airline asks for volunteers to get bumped, right? Like they start off with a lower number and they don't raise it until they have to. But I like the idea of one Mac pounders because of the name. I mean, that's just, that's it's sandwich incredible. man. That's great. i uh, going to be our sandwich man, but bringing in, I feel more comfortable about bringing in a tackle and taking an existing tackle and kicking him into guard. And like being honest, Dylan Wade is listed on Auburn's roster at 6'3, 307. Uh, mm. I don't necessarily know if Dylan Wade is 6'3, 307. And typically, your tackles are a little bit larger. Gunnar Britton was listed at 6'6, 312. Dylan Wade moving into guard might not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, he's a good tackle, he could theoretically be a great guard. Uh, I think it would help his NFL potential as well, because I don't think the NFL
1: is going to draft him at that size at, to be a tackle. Yeah. They I mean, will draft him to be a guard at that
0: size. Yeah. listed at six, three, he's probably six, one or so. I'm thinking back to shortstop. Ryan bliss listed at five, nine is actually five, six MLB. Insane. MLB measured them in spring training and was like, Hey, you're five, six, not five, nine. We've got to change this listing. We've got to fix this. I mean, that goes um, from average human to like, can you ride a roller coaster at Six hey, Flags? I mean, that's careful. a big drop. Careful what you say about our short kink, Short love King, Ryan Bliss, Bliss. Uh, love Bliss, friend Ryan of the Bliss. program.
1: Yeah, friend of the show. Absolutely, love.
0: absolutely. But, yeah, like getting him at guard, getting dealing with at guard. Like you said, it helps his NFL. Uh, his he has more tape at the position, helps his chances, and you can bring in somebody with the more prototypical size for tackle. Really want Mac Pounders, and then the second guy, like you said, couple different options. Either way you're probably going to have a competition at least one of those interior spots.
1: Yeah. And Mac pounders is a guy that I'm paying attention to, to be tackle. Um, he's as we record this Sunday evening, he's still at Auburn. According to his Instagram stories, he had his visit uh, throughout the day on Sunday. So we will see what happens with that. But also sounds like Auburn has had conversations with chase Basantis. He is uh, the former Texas A&M offensive tackle. Freshman All-American, 26 kids at least, or 26 schools, including Auburn, according to Hayes Fawcett of On3, have reached out to him. Um, it sounds like that has been a two-way conversation. I'm not saying Auburn's the favorite, but both sides have engaged in conversations. I'm guessing Bassantis is plan A, and Mac Pounders is, is plan B at the tackle spot, just a guess. Yeah. And uh, it seems like this Auburn staff Likes JerQuan Scott, the the Southern Miss interior offensive lineman, and Scott he played at left tackle most of his snaps. He played over he played a little over seven hundred and sixty snaps on the offensive line. A little over hundred were at center across two or three games. So it looks like their center got hurt, and then left guard the rest of them a little over six hundred and fifty. So I mean he's he played left guard. Does he play left guard exclusively at Auburn? Does he play right? Can he play right guard? I don't know. I don't know. But I I think if they're going to bring in a guy like that, they're expecting him to potentially start. And all of a sudden, you know, we talked about this briefly with the slot receivers. But if these guys come in, you've got two guys that you feel comfortable starting at left tackle. You have two or three guys in this situation where you would all of a sudden feel good at left guard, center set. Right guard similar as left guard, right? You're, you're 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 kind of all these interior offensive linemen are be fighting for those two guys. Then is Avion Miller like you feel good about him at right tackle? So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're having legitimate competitions and legitimate conversations about a two deep on the offensive line. It's and, and it, it, this happened really quickly, like in you're, the grand scheme of things, this happened really thirteen months after Hugh Freeze has been hired. You're going to have eight to nine offensive linemen that you feel confident playing in a game.
0: You're Are you Auburn's me? allowed to do that? That's not against the SEC bylaws? Like
1: Yeah, and they've it, got to it, land these guys, obviously, but yeah, it yeah. sounds like Auburn's in a good spot to
0: do that. The thing, like the thing that makes me the most excited from what you just <coughs> the whole thing was talking about how like Scott, for instance, has played at three different positions. We know Connor loses a stud. He's gonna be your center. You've got guys like a Tate Johnson who have snapped before behind him. But having guys that one have done it in uh in college football, and then have been able to step in and, and take time at uh, at center or at guard, have moved around. Versatility always helps you. And so, mm-hmm. if you had somebody go down, knowing that you could take your tackle, you could kick him into center, or sorry, kick kick him into guard, and he's right. played guard before, and then you could put another starting caliber guy at tackle that has me excited because it feels like we haven't had that in a long time so very very hopeful that some of these i hope we've recorded this too early and that one or two of these guys commit on sunday night because uh, i want to know that whoever auburn's quarterback is and i think it's gonna be peyton thorne whoever it is is protected
1: yeah they also could they could commit monday midday that is an option as well
0: Um, just for my sanity,
1: but that's, that's fine. Commit whenever, commit as soon as you possibly want to. I am okay with that. All right. Some important dates and some things to think about that do matter. It's boring, but these kids, like there is an academic element to this that we all have to think about regarding the transfer portal. We'll discuss that in just a moment right here on locked on Auburn today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. About a few minutes of today's Locked On Auburn with the one and only Lindsey Crosby, Hugh Freeze, and, and we speculated this a few weeks ago, and I've talked to a few folks now where I feel comfortable saying that this is definitely happening, and some of this is common sense. But I don't think Auburn realized who they were as a team coming out of spring. And how could you? You didn't have your quarterback. And I think a lot of these guys that they thought would be their starting receivers that they added over the summer didn't pan out. And they gave them shots. They just didn't pan out. And you didn't have your quarterback. And so all of this stuff happened after spring. And Hugh Freeze is saying, nope, we are not doing that again. And so now I think they're being more selective in the December window for guys that are going to be able to be in Auburn by January 10th. That is when classes start. The spring semester at Auburn starts on January 10th. So who can finish everything that they need to do at their previous spot, both academically, personally, whatever it may be, they've got to be back by January 10th. And there's some guys that are in the portal that I think Auburn wants. And I think that they want to come to Auburn, but it's just not going to happen. Will Shepard, I think is a good example here. The Vanderbilt wide receiver that a lot Mm -hmm. of Auburn folks, myself included, would love to see on this roster. You talk about a candidate for an outside guy. He makes your team better instantly but his situation is he wants to grab either his situation is either he wants to graduate from Vanderbilt or the, the credits won't transfer and so even if he wanted to leave early and use his free transfer and then you know graduate in spring well that's not a guaranteed thing that the thing th- that the credits always transfer just because of majors and the NCAA and all of that stuff so just because it's a good fit doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And so I I think that's something to think about as we kind of look through literally these thousands of names that are in the transfer portal.
0: This is the same thing we saw last year with Grayson McCall, right? He wanted to, I mean, he was to Florida or Auburn. And like, literally he didn't, like he, he couldn't transfer because of credits and progress to graduation and all of that stuff. And so he had to, he had to, stay at Coastal for one more year. And now he was spotted with Gus Malzahn at a UCF basketball game. Uh, but I think- we, Which is a we power hit, move by Gus, by the way. Oh yeah, like, hey, I'm just gonna bring this dude like, and he sat next to Christy too. Like he was sitting with Christy, not next to Gus. This is like the entire time. So Christy's right. a nice lady. But uh, it, it's it makes sense. All of the extra things that you do, you only have so much time with the coaches outside of spring practice. And I think the big deal here is more so being able to do the strength and conditioning workouts with your teammates, being able to organize, you know, seven on seven stuff with the quarterback and all of that. That's to me, it's not as big as going through spring with the coaches, but it's almost because that's where you build the relationships. That's where your wide receivers get your chemistry with the quarterback that I talk about so much and all of that. And. Like we said earlier in the show, you saw last year what happened when you didn't have that, right? It it literally at times looked like Peyton Thorne didn't know what the wide receivers were going to do, and they didn't know what he was expecting them to do in a certain play. And so bringing guys in in the spring, and because you're able to be more selective, because you had a great transfer class last year, you're now able to say, hey, we would love this guy, but he can't be here for spring. And so that's fine if you have an injury and you need another body in the room as depth and things like that, but guys who are going to be counted on to give larger contributions and or be starters absolutely need to be here and go through spring practice so they have the time to do the workout, morning workouts, mat drills, conditioning, all of that stuff with their teammates, build that chemistry, uh, and and integrate into the program and the culture and everything that we do here at Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. um, Let's
1: spend just a second to talk about another receiver that Auburn landed um, in the 2024 class. His name is Dylan Gintry. I assume he's a preferred walk-on. I haven't seen anybody come out and say that. But if not, it, good for him for earning a scholarship. But he uh, he is Cam Coleman's teammate at Central Phoenix City. And to me, with this receiver class coming in, I don't know. I mean, his stats are fine, right? But to me, I think this is more about one rewarding a local kid that's worked his tail off. And two, Hugh Freeze continuing to build um, a, an attempt to build a wall around uh, the eastern part of Alabama, saying, hey, I'm going to do, be relentless in making sure I have as many connections to Central Phoenix City as humanly, as humanly possible
0: after flipping Camp Coleman a week or two ago. It's wild. Like the whiplash to go from a coach that prioritizes and understands uh, the building connections to a school like that compared to the previous guy who literally probably didn't even know where it was uh, is amazing to me. And I love the idea of like, hey, we're going to spend enough time here where we can say, hey, we see this guy. We see how hard he's working. We see what a great person he is. What a great teammate he is. We want him to be part of our program like that's that's huge both for recruiting, but also just for reinforcing the culture of who Auburn is as a program, as a school and as an Auburn family. So love that. Wish the last guy would have cared to know where Phoenix Phoenix City was and Central High School was. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well.
1: Uh, But yeah, congrats to him, Uh, regardless of whatever type of offer it is. That's huge. So good for him. Good for him. And. Good for uh, good for Hugh Freeze for continuing to find local talent. Lindsey, how can people check out everything that you've got going
0: on, my friend? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. It's the hub for everything. If it's college baseball, AuburnDaily.com. If it's minor league baseball, Locked on MLB Prospects, wherever you get your podcasts. If it's major league baseball, Bravesoday.com.
1: Yes, and you can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.